Welcome back to the Mind Matters podcast. Today, I have as my guest, Chris Michaels, who runs the Dark Side podcast, which uh, I absolutely love. It's a, it's a very interesting podcast, very interesting guests and stories. And so, Chris, thank you very much for coming on today. Uh, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to have you here. Obviously, we've got, we've got similar backgrounds. Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I appreciate asking on. To be honest with you, no, it's my pleasure, and thank you know. First and foremost, thank you for all the support you've given uh, you've given me since the last uh, little while. It's uh, it is much appreciated. Um, so yeah, it's uh, onwards and upwards. Absolutely, no. To be honest, I'm one of people that I'll support. If I see someone that people have put their heart and soul into something, and I see that that quality is there, and that it's like something that I kind of look at and go, "Yep, yeah, I identify with that." And I can appreciate the, the time and effort put into that and that level of quality. And because it is, it's a lot of time, effort, especially on, say, for example, books or any other kind of area. I'll fully support that all the way. No, it's right. It is. It's massively appreciated. So, you know, mutual support, as the as the old saying goes, that's, uh, that's the way that's it good. works. So we've had, our, we had a chat just now about kind of what this... Yeah what this is or this podcast is about mind matters and it's about how we've um learned to overcome life's little hurdles um the physical and, and and the mental but this is this is about how we've either developed our own way just by default or we've learned from other people or we've actually gone out and sought ways to deal with life's shit um because there, there can be a fair bit of it at times <laughs> as as we all know <laughs> sometimes there's more shit in the fan than uh, than not but uh so why don't you give introduce yourself and give a give a, a little potted history really um and talk about any any and you know we just whatever comes up that you want to talk about let's just let's talk about these um in whatever detail you want to with these experiences and and delve into it from from a, a psychological perspective and, and look at what it is you have done to overcome and how that's changed over the years yeah absolutely so obviously i'm chris michaels um i'm former royal navy air engineer mechanic so i joined in 1999 um basically what happened on that little bit of a journey was obviously i was in the fleet um and actually was about to transition or try to transition to go for selection for royal navy clearance diver um because there's two options myself that i wanted to go for um it was kind of like either go get me green lid as a royal marine commando uh or i would officially had to leave the service and rejoin um as royal marine uh or there was a point of transition to go for selection for the royal navy clearance divers but okay. what happens with through training for that i bust my knee it was like basically i broke the major like bones in my knee and i tore all my ligaments um not that the Navy basically, they it was only like a 35 kilo Bergen run. It was like mile and a half because I was thinking, well, I'm going to carry in tanks and cylinders and doing a lot of like heavy work. Then it's time to like up my ante basically and get the fizz in. So I was up there at a good level, but I know you have to take it to that next level, especially if you want to go to that area of like, especially working in water as well. Uh, it's probably one of the worst environments to work in. Yes. um anybody you know especially when you're in the you know dark deep and that's because my route was originally it was two ways i was looking at it, it was either like i said i'll go raw marines or I'll get me green lead 
or I could have gone for that option through the jungly squadrons because I was obviously being air engineer mechanic. Um, but then I looked at it as going going into the fleet for a diver, but then going and working on more special uh, forces. Uh, that's the route that I wanted to go for. Um, what I aimed at, because that's where I felt like that's where I was looking at life. That's where I was, my expectations myself, what level I was pushing myself for. Because to okay. me, it was like, you kind of find yourself at these levels of like, okay, I've done that, right, tick the box. I want to go to the next level and next level. And at that point, obviously training, that was, I want to take myself to the next level. And then to myself, that was like, I hit a wall. I hit that wall and it took three months and they were still like, no. Because just briefly on that one, when they showed us, because I went to Plymouth Hospital, because what it was was I managed to get into the, like, the smaller hospital on board the base, I had a commander surgeon moving around my knee and he went, right, there's floating bone in there, I can tell. I was like, okay, right, great. How do we fix this? So I had to go to Plymouth Hospital. What it did was they'd already took the x-rays. They gave me the x-ray, but on your knee, you've got like a trident shape. So that top bit was snapped off completely. Ouch. It was, yeah, it was jagged, basically. So what happened was obviously the knee, it just completely collapsed on itself. I torn all ligaments anyway. When I got a CAT scan three months later, and I kept going back, have you heard anything? Basically, the results was, you're fine. Basically, that was their attitude. You were fine. And I was like, no, I'm not fine because those x-rays don't look healthy to me. And it's in your own mind at that point saying, yeah. this is something wrong. I'm not happy. I want to, I want something done about it. And I've actually had friends who've had same, had injuries, similar injuries, actually had a surgery and they had to leave because they'd messed it up, you know? So okay. I've seen both sides of it. But on that point, they wouldn't let us do it. Then it was a case of I started getting very anxious, very like on, I was on board Arc Royal at that point. It was on refit. Uh, this was 2001. Um, and obviously, like when you're on board ships, very small, very, very small. When seems like a big ship on the outside when you go inside. And I was working on uh, ships protection, which is basically pirate hunting. Um, you know, basically, if you had pirates on board ship, you'd go and neutralize them if that was it, need be. Um, working on air engineer department. So I was working on weapons as well. So you're talking bombs, torpedoes, you know, that kind of area. Yeah. And um, basically, I got to a point where, like I said, it became very claustrophobic because on your bunks, you kind of got only got about a meter between yourself and the bunk above you. Yeah. Uh, very small areas. To be honest, before that, I was fine. Absolutely fine. I could you know be submerged in water underwater i could i was you know I, I was naturally in the water that's where i lived you know i could i was at most peace in that place and so being confined was never a problem to me i'd already done diving i'd already done this part not a problem even on oxygen and thing, areas and it was like fine and it was just this weird feeling of the walls coming in getting smaller and smaller and getting very like you're saying, right, this is something wrong. This kept going backwards and forwards. No, no, you're absolutely fine. And it's like, you know, when someone's trying to tell you something and you're still going, no, actually, this isn't, this is my body. I can feel this. Yeah. I couldn't run even three months later. I couldn't put pressure on it, couldn't do anything. And I was, it became that mental battle of like, I know you don't want to pay out on a medical discharge and pay me a lot of money to see me gone. So at that point, I'd done two and a half, I'd done, when I was like, I joined 99, so you're talking about two and a half years at that point, something like that. Okay. Two, three, yeah. Uh, basically, what happened after that was I hit the drink. 
I hit the drink big time. It was like, that was my way of coping. Um, and I, the thing was, with the alcohol became very angry, a lot of aggression in there. Because um, you're just pissed off, basically. You're just annoyed. You're just thinking, this is my career gone. This is basically, you know, when I look at it now, you kind of go, if I'd have done this, this would have happened. This would have been fine. And it's that should have, would have, could have scenario. And yes, I could have joined, could have uh, opted to go junglies, like I said, and go and got my green lead that way. But I kind of was like, I want to go small ships and go and, you know, travel the world. And the second option was go and, you know, go seeking, which is more like yeah, either air base or aircraft carrier at the time. And I didn't, and I put third down as jungly. Obviously, I didn't get the first option. I managed to get the second. So I was like, okay, I'm all the way down the corner now. Um, but really what happened was I was already... At that point, it was like I knew that was it. That was my career gone. Because physically, you can't, you you know yourself. Even if I thought I'm fine and just switched off and went, I'm fine, knowing that I would not have been able to either complete the course because it would physically, I would have, that would have been it. They would have picked up some straight away. Um, secondly, it was a point of like, what do I do? Do I just carry on? going forward and just and you kind of hit that mental battle because you every day you know you think this isn't going to get fixed this isn't going to get better i'm not i'm not happy with this they're not going to help me because if i push it they're only going to turn around and say right you know going to kick you out uh, they're not going to pay you out basically so uh, at that point it basically got to a point where i was like okay i was in a relationship with someone at that point and i just made that decision i was like right i'm out um basically the person did help us get out but this is where it i didn't realize at the time i kind of had my doubts at the beginning of this relationship uh in hindsight shouldn't have gone there um but it is what it is and at that point and it basically by and large it turned into a 16 year old 16 year mentally and almost well it was predominantly it was mentally abusive relationship that was put down as being okay so yeah so basically I, yeah and people always keep saying to me why did you stay in that because at that time i've got a never quit attitude it was like i would rather die than quit that's my attitude through and through and i'll go and go and go and go and maybe that's the root cause of pts because you kind of flame from frustration but then also that part of being stubborn you you can hit that wall, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know I've I've heard this so many times, and I've been guilty of it as well. Is the military mindset is we you know you've got something to accomplish, yeah, and you'll do everything you can to make sure that you achieve that, yeah, and that which is which is admirable, and it's when it's applied at the, in the right way for the right thing, and it that's how we succeed. But when we there are times in life when we need to kind of do that little. You know, take a knee. Yeah. Go. What the fuck am I doing? Is this actually really worth it? (laughs) But we don't do that. We don't think like that at the time. No. I. I, It took me a long time to kind of adapt that for myself and 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 other people. I learned from other people to do that because I was making the same. You know, banging your head against the same wall. Strange. We are strange creatures. We are because we have got that mentality. It's great, like I said, when it's applied in the right way. But when you're in chaos, 
it you know in that in those environments you kind of always going to be the one that's going to be leading either leading from the front leading by example or you just switch off yeah. but the problem is I've, i use this analogy and i've used it for quite a few years now it's the pressure cooker um you basically get a pressure cooker but you're what you're doing is you sit in the middle and you're chucking in all the emotions you've got your anxiety you've got your panic you've got this you've got that you've got all this anger fear everything's put in there and i put the lid on and turn the heat up and what happens, you tend to think, but you've got to have that release valve. Yes. And the problem is, is you'll find that you'll just go and go and go and you're absorbing all this like negative energy. And I found that through that period of that relationship, because when I did eventually talk about it, it was kind of like looking back, it was such a long period. You're talking over 16 years and basically from the military to into this relationship through still births to you know miscarriages and all experiences that go with that to being you know being in a relationship where the other person obviously cheated on us um and there's so much going on in your head and then you're you're kind of battling yourself and then you have these like day-to-day arguments so you kind of going what's going on here and you're trying to keep your head above that water and you know fact and the other part of it is is Obviously, with once I left and they went, right, okay, there's your it's your it was floxetine originally, floxetine, and they gave us propranolol as well for my heart. Yep. But what they didn't tell us was they gave us gave us them, and I was like, all right, two. And I read on the box after do, taking them for quite a while that these can cause blackouts. I was blacking out anyway. I was I was literally walking up the stairs, stopped, and was like, whoa. And I literally went all the way back down the stairs. And it was just lucky that it was. I managed because I'd done martial arts before that I'd managed to position myself as I was rolling back down that I didn't break my neck. Um, I was getting a point where I was literally making a coffee and my finger must have been on the kettle still because it was boiling, boiling, boiling. The kettle just blew up. And I, as I went like that, I'd turn it off the wall, the water came up and it was this hand here and it stripped all the skin off. It was just raw flesh. And, you know, I was told at times I was standing at a window watching a thunderstorm and I was like I wasn't I was like yes you were and I was like I can't recollect that uh panic attacks anxiety attacks I've been in hospitals where I've literally sat in a wheelchair they wrote right come on then I've got up and went slam and face planted the floor and I literally went numb on the left hand side completely because they they say when you're having that kind of anxiety and panic attacks is you hyperventilate so much you can paralyze yourself all on like, and then on the left-hand side, I could hardly, I felt like I was at the dentist. I've just been jabbed. I was like, oh, right. But all these things, they give you these tablets and say, take them. And I was like, up there, a zombie. That's what I was. I was a zombie for years. Yes. And I didn't realize, because also my, I have a very highly analytical mind as well. And they basically said it needs to slow down. And I was like, okay, right, fair enough. Stop your overthinking and this and that. And I asked, I said, well, what is, uh, describe us what analytical mind is. And when, when it's that high, when your brain runs so high and so fast that think about it, if you hear a piece of music, when most people say, I love that music, how do you play it? My, well, that's a great tune. My brain automatically says, like, how do you play it? Right, what's the tablatures? How do you work out on a guitar? How would you do play this? And my brain just breaks everything down. I mean, one job in the Navy, I was working on the, air engineer, on the engineering part. So it's like basically refurbishment part of helicopters. I was like, this is like Lego kits to me. This is great. But 
it's great on one part, but on the other part, your brain can just fly off on that handle, and yes. that's it. You, you talked about a um, pressure cooker and a release valve. Did yeah. you find yourself a release valve? I did, and I'll tell you what, and this is where I really resonated on, uh, obviously, a good mate of mine, Rob Vickers, who runs Jim Self-Harms Club. And basically, it was it was through exercise. I was getting up, I was finding I was getting up at four o'clock in the morning. I would beast myself. I would do an hour of press-ups, sit-ups, burpees, skipping, weights, box, like punch bags, everything. And I, to a point where I just couldn't lift my arms anymore. I yeah. would just beast myself. And because what it does is, yes, you do get that hit, that dopamine hit, but that's afterwards. It's like kind of you push yourself mentally to, you kind of push yourself physically to fix yourself mentally because you you come out of a completely different zone. You're in this zone of like your brain is just right. I need to focus on this goal and I'm going to go and go and go at this until I can't do no more. And I found it was through that that I, that's when I realized that's my release valve. Okay. Yeah, there is, I know. <laughs> we all take things to that to that extent or to that degree with various ways of of um venting ourselves yeah um and it can you know it, it and it is when it gets when anything goes too far it, beca it becomes a form of self-harm yeah um and you, we you know i've seen so many i've seen quite a lot of guys from the from the military who've who've whether it's drink or drugs or gambling or sex or uh, exercise or whatever it is, just go so far to one extreme because again, it's that will not quit. Yeah, and it's about it is about balance, isn't it? What did yeah. it, what was it? What would what, what did, apart from yes, you've got you've got that physical exhaustion which which kind of it does clear your mind yeah. because you cut when you're that goosed and you've got nothing left in the tank you can't you've got nothing to you can't physically you can't actually worry about anything because yeah, yeah. there's no energy left to, to to expend on it so what apart from was there anything else that you got from that that helped you i think what it does is it, it focuses you it kind of you zone out of everything because you it, you put yourself into a place that you are physically going to challenge yourself and you kind of go, okay, I switch off from this. Yes, I was doing like meditation. I was doing journaling. I was doing all those parts. But that's very soft skills almost. That's a very, it's yeah. a kind of way you can switch off easily. When meditation, it got to a point where I became very good at it, that I could completely, I would almost deep breathe that much that you kind of, you know, when you go lightheaded and it's almost like you hyperventilate to a point where you, you, your brain switches off at that point. So I was kind of doing things on extreme levels, but not really tapping into that. And but on the exercise part, I learned a lot of lessons because you kind of go, okay, what can I physically do? What can I, what, how far can I physically push myself? And it, you challenge yourself. So you're not thinking about that problem, that one problem or that problem or that problem. Everything's pushed to one side. It's like, you focus on that. I'm going to do that today. I'm going to do that. And it gives you that release in such a good way that you kind of feel like that and you don't have to worry about anything you don't have to and that's what actually led us on to going back into martial arts and i haven't been 
haven't trained for really the last 18 months, obviously because COVID and everything like that. And even a lot of clubs are still restricted down to even no, there's no contact. They're still not able to do contact in areas such as that. But like, that's what got us back in the martial arts. And that became my place of peace as well. Yes. Well, it is. It's, it's very focused, very disciplined. Yeah. And it needs, it, yeah, it needs single-mindedness, doesn't it? Absolutely. Because so. I find with martial arts, I found that was very much my place of peace, even though you're in a place of violence. Mm-hmm. That's essentially it. And I know I've wrote a lot about violence and people kind of go, okay, right. They Some people might get it, some people might not, but it's from a place of you, you when you were in that circle of chaos and you have been trained in the military, your primary role is to... And if it's infantry, especially if it's say infantry base, it is you close in and kill the enemy. That was basically your role. Absolutely. Even in the navy, you are tasked, and it's a ship's protection organisation. Um, yes, you do have like obviously the Royal Marine Commandos have their area of uh, ships boardings parties. The Royal Navy does as well. But essentially, my job was if we were in pirate waters and they got on board, if they did, then my it was to close in and kill the enemy, basically to neutralise the threat. And that's essentially, and that's the level of that you take it to. Yeah, and the, you're, you you hit the nail on the head there. You know, it, the military trains, as you said, frontline troops of in whatever capacity uh, to deal with threats with aggression and violence. Yeah. And when we leave, nobody teaches us to not apply it. No. In that way, yeah. when we leave or before we leave, so we apply it. And this is where I like, you know, you touched on the soft skills stuff. We don't deal with uh, we don't deal with the softer emotions in the military because they get in the way of the job. You know, you can't shoot somebody in the face and feel compassion for them. It just doesn't it just doesn't work, does it? It doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Slightly counterproductive. (laughs) Sorry, does that hurt? (laughs) (laughs) So we never really we don't really learn how to. To identify them be aware of what they are how they feel and what they mean so and i've so many guys and and some of the 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 women that i've helped over over the last kind of 10 15 years with this um have struggled with that and i was surprised by some of the women as well because they 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 were in the in a similar position despite women are typically more emotionally attuned than we are we have to work at it they have it they're naturally gifted with with that capacity to yeah. identify and be aware of and be, feel comfortable more comfortable with it than we are you know quite envious actually of that of that that capability that women have it's not fair um so we have to work at it and that gets in the way because i saw so many guys fall apart because when their their girlfriends or wives were giving them shit for something because they were drunk again or they were just being you know, they were all the symptoms of post-traumatic stress, yeah. but but not aware of it themselves and then getting a hard time for being a dick. So their other half thought at the time, but wasn't their fault. It was just the way things were progressing. And it was a slippery slope because then they get, they start getting, you know, aggressive verbally, start throwing things around, punching holes in walls and doors, all that sort of stuff. And then, you know, and then it's a, it's a hot Teflon oily slope and it, you know, it's a rapid descent from there. For, for, yeah, for lots of, unfortunately so what you're saying just rings true from from so many people i've spoken to 
definitely. Because there's something I learned a, a while, like a while now, and it was through martial arts. And I found that, like, I, like I kind of thought it's very true. When you're in the military, you only know war and chaos. That is essentially that part of it. When that's applied, especially over the last twenty years. Yeah. But like, really, when you look at it. There has been those periods of conflict. I mean, even the island. Island was a war to me. That was a war. Yep. And, you know, when you look at it, I was on board RFA Argus. Uh, that was June 2000. We were tasked and it was said we were going down there for <laughs> the official lines were we were going down there to do a bit of PR. The unofficial was we were there to go to Sierra Leone to okay. as a hospital ship uh, to basic exfil the paras um, and other troops. And that was our task. We got down there and we were waiting for the green light. Never come. Got sent home. Obviously, turn around, new crew. They went down. They got the green light to go in. So they got a nice little shiny medal for that one. Um, but at that point, you know that what your job is and you're there to do that. If they said to me, right, get on board that helicopter you're going on, on land, go for it. Yeah, brilliant. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. And I would, I would do it. It's part of my job. I would go ahead and do that job. You know, and like to be honest, that is what I signed to do, and that's what I my job was essentially was to do that. You know. So from from those experiences, you've had you, you touched on some other things. I don't know whether how much you want to go into that in in, in terms yeah, yeah. of the, the the issues with not just the relationship itself, but things that happened yeah. in that relationship that were out with the the, the problems um, in terms of the abuse um how how did you how did you get yourself through those what was it that 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 managed to you know keep you as much on an even keel as possible without disappearing down that rabbit hole to be honest it got to a point where i mentally switched off from that person i disconnected i disconnected from that person and it was like i mentally did that before i physically did it but it also on, it was two planes. It was like, there was that part physically, but there was also that part mentally that you kind of go down. And it was something clicked in us. It was like, I felt like, no, I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm yeah. not going to do this. Cause you're absorbing all this happening. You're absorbing this bit by bit by bit, absorbing this, absorbing that. And you don't realize how much you're taking on board. Cause we're very robust. We're very resilient, especially in, in chaotic situations. Huge and you kind of, yeah, you 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 kind of go focused, right? I'm going to do that, and I'm going to just you know just crack on, you know, and and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and you know, going back obviously on that question there, what you have is you've got two levels. You some people physically detach, and um, before it gets to the end, some people mentally detach. I found I was kind of doing both, and but I literally got to a point where you know when you have those. It's a, it's a flick. It's like you flick the switch and you go, Dim, and that's it. You know something's going to change. Yeah. And you you kind of, you become more resilient and you kind of, that's when things stepped up the ante on one side of it, that I made a decision and I went, right, that's not going to happen anymore. I'm not going to accept that. I've got a right to live. I've got a right to be who I am. I've got a right to do this. And it's someone just clicked in this. It wasn't like anybody. It was just something mentally. I was like, a switch had been thrown and I was like, that's it. So I'm started making, all right, I'm going to come away from this situation because it's not good for us. Yeah. And in some sense, it was good when I did. It was at the right time that I did switch off and I did make that, that disconnection. 
And that was it. My head was like, right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do plan A, B and C. And I think it became more relevant, especially after um, I'd actually signed up to get a council flat and I'd signed me for the keys and all that. And it was usual. Oh, we can try again. And I was like, do I go down this route again? Part of us, like, obviously, in hindsight, it's like you should have never done that. It's just 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 gone ahead. But yeah. I did. And because of signed for the keys, I turned around and went, right, you owe a month's rent. Luckily, I managed, it was over Christmas period, so it was like two weeks free rent. Um, so I basically was lumbered with a bill of £200 still low. And I was like, right. And then I gave about a couple of weeks after that. And it was like, in my back of my head, I'm still thinking I should have took that flat. But, you know, go forward, nothing, nothing. But the thing is, so the more I started standing up for myself, the more I started saying no. And the more that I was like, I'm going to do this because I need to do this. And I became more aware of things that I thought, no, this is what I want to do. I'm not going to be bullied into place. So it's yeah. kind of like the more I get, I put that shield up and went, no, that ain't going to happen. This is not what I'm going to do. That that's when the arguments and that, that you could see the, it started getting into like, should you come in and it'd be like, should come push us. And I was like, well, fair enough. And it got a point where it started the hits, the slaps coming in on myself. And I'm like, well, I'm the person that would be like, look, calm down. You know, you don't need to do this. I'm very much a level of like, oh, look at a situation, but I'd rather talk about it because to me, it's like, look, this is what it is. This is what I need to do. This is what needs happening. And it got, the more I kind of put that, like I used that shield up, I was like, I'm not going to take crap basically anymore. That, that's when things got, and then I basically, I broke it. I was like, right, I'm out of here. Enough is enough. And I broke, I broke that, you know what I mean? And to be honest with you, it was, I don't know what, I don't know whether it was like, at that point I became so mentally strong and resilient that I realized that that's when you know that you've gained strength. You know when you've done that to a level that you're, you're comfortable with. To make that decision and make that break and, and walk away. Yeah. It's, it's a tough decision regardless yep. of, of, of what's going on, it's still, it might make sense, but it's still difficult to do. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like a lot of people find them in that situ situation and you always hear the classic and you've probably heard this a hundred times. Why didn't you leave or why didn't you? And, and you'll hear a lot of people, unless you've been in that situation yourself, that you kind of go, and I know, and it's something I, I know I touched, I, I posted this this morning on a story. And it was obviously the whole area of like Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and yeah. how many times, and people have said, if that was from, if that had been her, you would have seen everybody, ah, oh, Johnny Depp this, Johnny Depp that. But because it happened to a man, mm -hmm. mental and physical abuse does happen to men. And that's what people mm -hmm. have got to realize. And I think it was another, I seen actually a clip. Um, and it was actually, this goes to prove actually it was on a, what was it? it was from a Jeremy Kyle clip and he basically had a lad who said I was locked in a flat and I flew three floors up, he went open the door, the handle came out of his hand and he, he only option was to jump out of the window and the crowd were laughing and this and that and Jeremy Kyle went, hang on a minute, if that had been a woman in that situation and a man had locked him in that room you would have said, oh that's terrible that. but you're now laughing because it's a man and you find it funny, why is there it's a double standards and I feel like this is something that really needs to be discussed more, that men are mentally and physically and even sexually abused on a daily basis. 
Yes. And this is, you know, this is what, and because men are the, the alphas, they're meant to deal with this level of shit that you, you expected, aren't you, as a man? Yeah. It's seen as perceived that you're this man, you've, you're the ale uh, of a male, you've got to take this level. And you think, hang on a minute, let's reverse roles now. What? So if a woman is in a physically or mentally or even sexually abusive relationship, that's accepted, which naturally it is, you know? But when it's a man, it's like, oh, it's fine. He can take that. Or people are like, oh, why didn't you leave? And it's, it, it's no difference. You know, there's no difference whatsoever. And no. I think that's another thing people have got to understand, isn't it? Agreed. Abuse is abuse, regardless of whether it, which, way, which way around it's delivered. There's, there's, yeah. There is no difference at all. Um, and yeah, and I, I, I agree. It should be talked about more. And it's not. It's starting to be. It is starting to be. It's it's being promoted more in uh, in the public eye and the media. There have been various documentaries I've I've seen over the last few years that have talked about it. Um, and it's you know it's quite hard hitting actually because it's it's unexpected. It's not it's not the norm, is it? I think that's what the, you've just said it right there. It's not the norm because we perceive it as men are strong, men are like alpha males, men are this, men are that, and women. And that's, you know, not, it's changing now, the whole language of it. It's about changing the language and the way that we perceive something and the way that we look at something because it's, everything should be on the basis of equality. That's the way I've looked at it because I didn't realize it wasn't until I started doing this journey of self-reflection and I kind of, and I, I joke about it now, that I started journaling before I even knew it was journaling. Yeah. I started writing things down and was like hiding it away. I was hiding this stuff away, this, this content. I had this content and I was like, how did I feel today? Okay, this is what I felt like. Okay, how did you, and I don't even know where, I used to write a lot of poetry and like descriptive writing as a, as a kid from a, a young age and it came back. There's these little things and I think we're naturally tuned with life skills anyway. And we tap into these life skills when the time's right. And to me, writing was a natural thing that I felt. So I kind of resolved back to what was natural. And yeah. I know through a lot of meditation, I use something and it's it's basically like a memory palace. Um, yes. The memory of Loki I used. And what it does is I've pictured a ship. So there's lockable, there's lockable rooms in there. You've got yeah. somewhere that will dispose of rubbish. So I kind of went, okay, um, that was a good memory. I blocked it in that room that's a bad memory i put it in the trash and i did this for over a period of time through meditation and i kind of broke it down and went okay i can there's a level of that i can accept and that goes in that good area so in your brain you've got this like uh, you do put them into different compartments and you go okay that was a good experience that was a bad experience i don't want that and even now people are, i have conversations with people and i'll say do you know what i can't even remember half of my childhood I can't even remember half of this. And I think because I did it for quite a while that I kind of just started bidding loads of rubbish that was like non-relevance or any importance to us that yeah. I found out I am just literally, and I said this, this kind of, we do have this area of post-trauma, of pre-trauma and post-trauma, but we always remember the good times before yes. and we always remember the, the good times after, but we tend to, 
this is the bit we need to work on is let's have a look and go, okay, that was good. That was bad. Let's put this to one side. And it was through journaling that I started writing this down. And that's how I became, went into writing. Cause it was like, oh, well, I, that helped me. Would it help somebody else? Yeah. And this is how it started. And, but the problem is that I wasn't dealing with a lot of stuff as well. I kind of switched off from it. It kind of, I realized that it was like this spiral, this like downward spiral, especially of other relationships. And I spoke about this a couple of weeks back. You do take a lot of baggage from trauma into other relationships. Absolutely, yes. Uh, we can't help but do it. Because yeah. we've got comparisons. And if something makes us feel, that a new person makes us, feel something that was bad in a previous relationship we draw comparisons immediately yeah definitely, we look, we definitely. patterns and, it, and then we it makes us anxious and we step back and we become guarded and then they wonder what's going on even though if they, they haven't actually done anything but something's made us it doesn't even have to be connected but somebody's made us feel like something from the past yeah that emotional memory comes up and then all these red lights and red flags and yeah, because I found, I found that that I was trying to overcompensate as well. And it was almost like trying to prove a point to myself that I wasn't wrong, I hadn't done wrong, or I was everything I was doing was yeah. was right. It was almost like I had to prove that to myself. But the problem was though, you carry when you start carrying a lot of baggage, and I like that part about the burden, you keep filling that up, filling it up, but you can only carry that burden so far <laughs> up this massive hill, especially if you do, for example. You know the fan dance. You stick a fifty k bergen on your back and get up any fan. You'll soon be like red lined, longed, and just can't do nothing even halfway. You're like, Oof. but imagine that. It's like that is almost equivalent of what mental pressures you carry on a daily basis. But I didn't realize to a point that it spiraled and spiraled and spiraled and spiraled to a hit point where I was about to jump off a bridge. Yeah, I literally went. That's it. And I remember the day that I was like, I had it planned. And I was actually going for a tattoo on that, on the Saturday. And what changed it? And this was massive game changer. And I, and do you know what? I didn't realize how much of an effect this would have at that point. Yeah. I got a text off, I messaged me messages and someone, and I got a message back saying, just messages, just say you're okay. And that saved my life. Yeah. It was that one message. And because they must've picked up on me of the way that my language was coming across yes and the way that i was because even a few days beforehand i got to a point where i would i literally i woke up at 12 o'clock at night and literally felt like darth vader just force choked us it was like my whole throat closed up and i just couldn't breathe i had to put fingers down my throat to try and open it back up and i couldn't get to a phone to iphone ambulance i was just i was like i'm dying i am going to die here and it was just i don't know what it must have been a Accumulation, everything and it was just got worse and worse and it was after that that literally i was like right i've had enough i hit that wall and you become very tunnel visioned you start off out here and the more trauma you go through the more everything chaos and it gets smaller and smaller and everything outside of that side and everything outside of that side doesn't exist to yourself you just see that it's almost like i use a lot of and and obviously you've read obviously a lot of my stuff and I use that analogy, you walk down the street and you're just a stranger, but everybody's walking past you and you, no, one, you, no one knows you're there. You become this ghost. You become that ghost. And that's how I found more and more and more and more. And people would say to me, the classic one-liner, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. 
and you 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 kind of but for some reason that message and it actually came from the person who's my wife today she say and i've always said that and it was like for some reason that message that was it out of everything that pinged and that changed us because that night i would have jumped, jumped off a bridge i was literally on that point of like right that's it game over if i'm you know i'm if i'm going to go out of this world i'll do it myself yes yeah yeah i totally understand that having been to that point um yeah i know what i know what it's like it's a, a strange sense of calm and peacefulness yeah. but that that was it that was the chaos wasn't it? it it's like i know i don't know you've maybe experienced that someone asked us a question about fear and i said you know what I've got no fear of running on the battlefield and putting rounds down and going into incoming fire and dragging one of my teammates out of the shit. I, I am comfortable doing that than to lose someone close to us. It's almost like I, I have no fear of doing that. I have no fear of putting myself in harm's way. I've got no fear of running into, a, into gunfire. I've got no fear of taking a round. I've no fear of that part of it. But it's that other part where you kind of go, oh, I don't want to lose someone. And it's like, and I find that with that part, your brain starts clicking over. That you, you get to a point of like, your brain switches off and goes, that's it, basically game over. Because you feel like I'd rather do this myself than, you know, than to leave this, to carry on the existence. Because you start having these doubts of like, well, I'm a burden somebody. I'm not good enough. I'm not this. And this is what you live on. This is what you feed on. You, you feed just the, this poison, as Jeff Thompson would say. It's like a, a feeding this poison. You're consuming this every single day. The more you tell yourself something, it's that language, but it's a very vicious language because instead of standing there and just being open, isn't it? And just saying, look, I feel like shit, basically. You don't do it. No, because we don't want to anybody to think that we're weak we're broken that there's something wrong because there there's these kind of socio-cultural confines that men are placed into that have become even smaller these days i think yeah definitely uh, the expectations of how men uh, are expected how we're expected to be you know there is there is um I, <laughs> i've had somebody uh, conversations in the past and i won't mention any names at all but um you know this, this whole thing of equality between the sexes there will never be equality because we're different and we shouldn't yeah we should be treated equally because we're all human beings but there is there is an inequality or not an inequality but there are differences that make us better at things than men better at things and women better at things than, in in some areas and that's yeah. how that's about the balance of life that's how it works but you know we can't women can defend themselves if a man is is violently aggressive and abusive to her but a man can't because then yeah. he's the aggressor yeah you know if a woman stabs a man or beats him you know with a stick or throws plates or kicks punches bites scratches if he smacks her in the face, breaks a jaw and knocks her out, he's the one that's going to go to jail. Exactly. So that that side, that inequality is, for me, wholly unacceptable. Yeah. And needs to be addressed and, and redressed, the balance, because it's, it's, it's an unfair system. 
Yeah, it's a lot of like exactly that. It's there's certain things you can accept, then there's certain things you feel like it needs to change because exactly that, because it's good in some ways. You a man, you've got to be very, very like calm in that sense that when you're getting someone who's aggressive on you you've got a choice you can either be aggressive back or you can try and de-escalate it or if it did go to a point where there's violence involved you got to know how you handle yourself and luckily for me the point is i'm very good at controlled aggression yes i'm very good at that part and it's that part you know when to flick the switch and hit that wolverine switch as i call it you know when to unleash hell and the part of it is, is like, luckily for me, I'm very like, I became a good at controlling that, even though now I knew what I was capable of. And it's that part of like, don't push this button because there's going to be a point where you're going to push it too far and I'm going to fire back and you're not going to like this. And yeah. I was going against like six foot 18 stone blokes and I was like, I don't care who you are. I will take you down, you know? And it's, and you've got that mentality of like, you are just a target in front, I'll go through you. And it's like that part of it, if you, there's that part in a lot of men, and this is where men have got, a, a lot of people got to realise is exactly that. If a woman starts pushing, and it's been seen on bouncers on nightclubs, yes. women have attacked men and they've defended themselves and they've like basically reared naked choke cutter for them. And they said, but that's abuse. Though. Hang on a minute. He was de-escalating the situation that in a sensible way because I got taught that. If you can basically rear naked choke someone, you are literally make them, put them on the floor and put them in a you know recovery position. You've actually lowered the level of aggression, especially someone who's consumed alcohol. Yeah, then you're actually, yeah, exactly, you're actually helping them because you've yes, you've knocked them out and you put them on the floor, but you, what you've done is you've de-escalated straight away because you've took away that level of violence. Yes. Yeah, not everybody's that good though. Not everybody's is exactly has yeah. learned the capability to to apply, you know, aggression and violence in that way. There are you know, there's ways and means for everything. But yeah, I know some guys say that equality should should work both ways. And if you know, if a woman punches me, I'm going to punch her back. I'm not necessarily slightly different, slight difference in strength and power generally. Yeah exactly um so yeah it's got to be proportionate isn't it yeah absolutely because they, they always say that you 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 work at that level of violence or you respond back so you have your like you have like obviously your, your lethal which is your end result and yes. then you have your non-lethal and then it's that point of like okay where does it go from being non-lethal application to lethal and this is why why i write a lot on violence because essentially we are almost very violent naturally we are at war oh, we're either at war externally or internally we are always at war yes you know de-escalation is always the best starting point for, yeah. for you know, regardless of the situation um i think what so where 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 are you now what's what's how are things for you now? What's different, and and what what is it that what have you learned from your life that's kind of helped to get you through those things and get you to where you're now? What are the key things that have got you through? To be honest, it's obviously my wife. She's my absolute rock. You know, I mean, kids, 
absolute rock. You know, it's you've got to have somebody there is strong enough to stand by you through the chaos, but you've also got to be there through the good times, bad times, whatever. And that is, that's never been more truer. I've broke down, cried on my wife's shoulders and more times than I can remember, but it's having somebody there that will help you, that will stand by you. Yes, they, I like to say it because I like to always, because one book that I absolutely love is Musashi's book, uh, The Book of Five Rings. And Musashi yeah. says himself, he says, you've got to have this two, you've kind of got to look at a lot of things to broaden your life and then you've got to have one or two things to polish your life so to me i look at it as like that family that bond there that circle of people those close people and i'll be honest now i've got more friends and a lot of my virtual friends like we've never met but you know yes. i've got a lot more like people that i call brothers i call and that is meant by brother in the actual sense of it of like yes you are my brother and I've got more close friends, male and female. So I'm very much a person of uh, on that sense of it. But you've got to have those people. It's that family. Because to me, they're more, they're my family. Not They're not just friends. They're not just, oh, you're mate down the pub or mate this person. To me, that's family. Then there's the other part of it that all these little, they call them soft skills. So I certainly meditation, journaling, you know, that area. Physical fitness is one of my biggest ones. Yeah, That's my go-to, whether it be like on the punch bag, go for a run, you know, crazy challenges, up and down three peaks, wherever it is, it's that physical exertion because it gives you that dopamine hit that you naturally you, you, you're aiming for. You see, so those are kind of the soft skill areas. And I feel a lot of people, you've kind of got to get it all the right balance as well. You can't take one over the other and you can't take the other one over there. So you've got to find this equal balance of like, to me, like I said, journaling became right and writing them became i want to publish these because that actually might help people that yeah. then went into launching the whole dark side podcast part because people say oh dark side because originally it was a joke of star wars and i was like no no what this meant is because my second book was well back to the dark side so i kind of was originally named the instagram account as being that then i just cut it down to dark side what dark side is is when you're in a place of chaos once you leave that you then can go back, revisit, and change the rules. So you so you basically go on back to the dark side, and that's where I kind of my journey began. And again, I'm very much a phoenix, and that's where my tattoo journey became as well. I started putting things on my body that remind us on a daily basis. Like I've got one on there saying I'm awesome. Now that could be very vain. That could be picked up in a vain sense. But I used to wake up every single day, and there's that one line now of like GI Jane saying, "Who you are, I'm awesome," or "Who you are." And that's where it came from. Also, it was that affirmation. It was that it's that mantra that got us out of bed every single day. I've got something to wake up for the next day, and that's yeah. why I've got this on my body and various. And I've got like Jack and Sally from Nightmare, um, Nightmare Before Christmas, but that's actually from my wife, me and my wife. Um, I've my body now is like it's getting more, and I would fill a full body if I could. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it's these li little things. But I love that area because I kind of. What I love about tattooing as well, you go through that pain barrier and yeah. you kind of get that. I fall asleep again. I can lie back and say tattoo away and I fall asleep because you start getting that dopamine hit and you start thinking, I enjoy this. And it's kind of been, you're enjoying, you're going to see beauty through pain. Yes. Because there's that a painful experience, but at the end of it, there's a beautiful image. It's like that is going to be there for life. And it's that reminded. We are, I, I like that term with the body architects. Yeah. We design our own body. 
but I designed my artwork. I'm I what you see was like every part of it represents something in my life. So there's a lot of little aspects that we kind of tap into that kind of and like say it was martial arts. And and even on that part, and as quickly just going to that bit there, I found I was training Muay Thai, Western style kickboxing, ninjutsu. Um, I was doing self-defense courses. I'd already done previously Aikido, karate. So I got a good background in the martial arts world, but I found that I had to take, and that was a point where I couldn't even walk up the stairs. I was, was training, training, training. What it was, was I put the knee bra um, bracelets on. And what these done was they heated up. So every time my knees were hot, I could felt fine. So I was kickboxing, I was doing all of this and I was fine. And then it got to a point where it started, those little problems started kicking in. At one point, I was living on cocodamol. I couldn't even walk up the stairs like a 70-year-old man. And what happened was I had to take three months out of martial arts, and that, that kind of was that, that decision, I've got to break this now. When I came back, I found it was a, it was a different application. I found I was positioned more fluently. I found that I was doing things at a slower pace. I wasn't getting as anxious. I wasn't getting... And, and it was, like, so smooth. And if you ever look at a lot of, especially within martial arts, you get this term and it's coined motion, which is no mind. So you want to get to a point where you not think anything before, you're not thinking anything after, you're just in that moment. Yeah. Because that's what we tend to do, isn't it? We tend to always worry about everything before and everything after. It's like, no, you kind of, and I know some people have said on that aspect of death, of like, motion is almost at that point. And it's like, I found myself in that place many, many times where I feel comfortable, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. It's, you know, we, we've all got our, we all have to find our own way. That's, yeah. that's, that's for sure. And I like, you know, that kind of analogy you drew on that, that, you know, life is, is very much like having a tattoo done. Yeah. You know, because we, we are, we're, we're a constant work in progress. And we cannot, you know, change and growth isn't always comfortable. Sometimes it's painful. Yeah. And just like on the body, there are areas of the body that, we, that you get tattooed that hurt a lot more than others. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a few cheeky, there's a few cheeky areas, I must admit. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, in order to create something beautiful within ourselves, we have to go through some pain yeah. in order to learn and change and grow and become more of the person that we aspire to be yeah because i actually said that i said that to somebody who was speaking that mate h and i said we've become so comfortable we've become an uncomfortable because it's oh. all with fixed ideas we, have you ever noticed how everybody will repost the same thing or i used to say this is this is where i started if you ever look through my feed anybody obviously listen to this and watch it anybody who goes through it i will always put a context to an image because you'll find that people always put an image without context and you kind of go, well, what do you mean by that? And now I've, I've very much in my way of doing things is what that reflects is I will put an image, but I'll also put why I've put it there. So there's always a meaning there. And I tend to do that with everything because you get the great, and that's no disrespect to people like Jocko or any of those other people, great ideas, but that's been, we now got, you've got to get to a point in your life where you see that evolution. Yes. You know, evolution to me is the way forward. It's not what's been, it's not what's happening even now. It's like, 
what's going to happen? Let's just start changing the game a bit here now. Because I feel like in society, we've got to a point where people are, especially, I mean, you know yourself, look at life coaching. Life coaching has gone boom. Why? Because you can go and do a course for in a couple of weeks, get your qualification and say, right, and I can teach someone. No disrespect, people go down that route because there's very there's a lot of valid in it. And it's the same as personal trainers. Yeah. And like, you know yourself, like everybody who's either a former PTI or anything like a, a former military in that area, they'll go and become a personal trainer or a bodyguard or CP courses or something. You know the standard routes they go through. There's more people now who either in life coaching or physical training, which is fantastic, but you'll also get people who are kind of like selling the same ideas, the same fixed ideas, which yeah. then people go, okay, oh, that's great that, because once they start learning, and once they start reading these books and all this context and so, oh, how, but it's about applying those lessons. Okay, you've got to that point now, what's next? Where are you going next for your life? Yeah. You, it's so it's great we can listen to podcasts all day and there's some amazing podcasts out there and it's great to have that broader perspective of life but it it's is. about okay that person's advice now how do i apply it but it's moving forward is it i think we need to get to that point of evolution that we're not relying on fixed ideas anymore yes don't try and be who you used to be because you can't yeah. and it's not always appropriate to be who you used to be in this stage in your life um and don't try and be somebody else absolutely um so what if you would what's what's next for you what are you working on now is there anything that you you'd like to to promote that that, that that's important to you right now well firstly and i this is totally i never expected this with the podcast it took off and i mean it was just like wow people were like yeah i was i was kind of building really i built quite a few relationships with people when it first started before it even started and it was actually I, I simply thought i'll take the plunge even though i was like because everyone's like oh, you come across so so relaxed now i was like you want to see us like about three minutes before i start my anxiety <laughs> is literally like up here and i'm sitting there going doing breathing exercises and box breathing and everything to sort of lower that and to get that adrenaline through your body but a good good consistency rate because it's like you know and you've got to take that and it was my friend Janie McGill and I just said to her do you fancy coming on just chatting you know I, I want to meet these people I want to start talking to people and Janie was the yes. first person on and then it was kind of like it built and built and built and it kind of I started getting a few people on either regular and to me I was I would never have done that I've been doing podcasts what over a year now because I was in lockdown when I started it because see, when I went into lock, when everybody went into lockdown, I was like, I'll work, to work from home. Great, yeah. okay, I'll do that. We thought it's gonna be like what three weeks, a month, something like that. <laughs> Eighteen months later, you know, we're still yeah. in this situation. Mm. But at that point, what I feel, and I've said this to people at work, when everybody went into lockdown, everybody was like, oh, it's like a bank holiday, and it will go on the beers, do this. I thought it was a, and everyone was on furlough, great party. What I did was I locked down, and I went right. I'm going to create a podcast. I'm going to write books. I'm going to do this. And I literally wrote my first, like my first fictional book, Ronan, in 30 days. I literally oh, woke, yeah, woke up every morning at five o'clock and I wrote a thousand words a day, 1,500 every single day. And I would just like, right. And I, um, yeah, created a felt. That was like my first, very first um, fictional novel. 
So I'd done that. I'd done a mental health management um, book. I created that. That was done. I've ghostwritten three books in the last year. I've, you know, I've done all that part. Obviously, the, uh, podca- uh, the podcast guests have been right across the globe, from America to Australia, you know. Yeah. And the podcast is more the important. I never realized how big, like I said, it was going to take off. So it really took off. That's something that, and I've just done a WordPress site so there is a dark side um web like wordpress site as well i put it all in my link tree because what i've done was it wasn't link tree sorry i started with link tree and then i found flow page and flow page allows you to add more on it and uh, so yes. it's all in my bio and i find it's a lot better you can even yeah, yeah. pictures and make it pretty and everything but everything's on there so there'll be like the podcast which is on um, itunes and spotify and it's also now on wordpress so there's a little bit of writing about it as well um i've also got another wordpress i'm going to try and get that on actually it's dark side evolutions on wordpress okay. so that's that's actually a book that i never released it was called the uncomfortable truth of becoming comfortable um and then like the other part of it so everything's on my on my flow page anyway and it's like for the i mean books are on amazon i've released them all fully now Garrett. there's also like the jim self-harmers one book and a couple other ghost-written ones I've done for like Fred Wickley and Tomo from Granite Zero. Um, ghost wrote his book. Um, and then now it's, I'm now doing a sequel to Ronan. So that's the Bells of Redemption. So that's, that's, that's kind of like a work and project. That's going to be done for the next year. Yeah. I want to just take my time because it's very, I want to draw on historical, but I also want to, it's that point now where I've wrote one book, which is very trauma and chaotic and chaos and everything like that. now i want to go into more the historical part of japan but also the part of where somebody looks inside themselves it's almost like that yeah. the journey the hero's journey joseph campbell going into the cave and everything so when people read yes. it i want them to pick up on those parts of like oh well this is what yeah yeah i pick up on that so i want people to pick up about the reason why is because people to read that and think actually it's like yeah, I, I think that, and I think this. So I want it to become a very thinking book. And the other one I'm actually writing is the A to Z of Evolution. I've literally done 26 chapters. This, I've already wrote one chapter, because I didn't start that long back. But I'm going to go <laughs> A to Z of like, yeah, it's been actually about three weeks since I started. But what I've been doing is taking little bits and then just putting it down, putting it down. And I want to get around about 3,000, 3,500 a chapter. So it's like, goes from A for action, B for basics, and then so forth. Right, okay, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, so that's basically, that's another book. So I'm working on two books at the same time. I've got another little project that's in the works as well, um, but uh, see what happens with that. Um, and basically, so if anybody wants to, everything me is all Instagram, really. I deleted the Facebook page. Uh, there was some issues with another site who, there was a project that I was involved with. So I deleted all that. Um, easier way, sometimes it's easier just to think, up. Oh, you know, yeah. to me, Facebook's, Facebook is more like, a, it's a very modern Twitter. It's, you know, Facebook to me has become like Twitter now. And I literally go on now and I'm like, yeah, okay, see you later, back on Instagram. <laughs> so, yeah, I kind oh. of, I, I don't have LinkedIn anymore. Um, I took LinkedIn down because I kind of, at one point felt like, maybe it was quite self-destructive in a way, but I know we were chatting through there as well. I might re-boost that as well. Um restart that again because i found that there was i think i don't know if you found out sometimes you put something out there and you get i wasn't getting much like feedback or interaction at all it was very like okay and it got a point where i was like 
yeah, it is. It's very hard work. And I always just put it out there quick. Okay, so on the business platform, see if this works. If people say, oh, would you be able to, I'll be interested working with you on this project. Now, I put it more for like, because I have launched a couple of uh, businesses as well. Um, I even done a creative writing business. So if people <laughs> wanted to, and that's on Instagram as well, and it's called Think Creation. Um, but I can send you all the details anyway. Yeah, because what I'll like, do is yeah. I'll, I will post everything at the end of this so everyone will have it on yeah. screen and it'll be in, in the blog post as well. This will be attached to as well. So it'll be cool. People will not miss a trick. They'll find everything. Yeah. Brilliant. Because it's like literally, that's what I would say. It's go on my flow page on Instagram, Dark Side Podcast. Yep. There's, and that'll link you to everything. I'll go, go for the iTunes, Spotify. I don't bother with YouTube. That's a lot of hassle. And why YouTube is at the moment is as well. Um, and like I said, there is Think Creation, which is more my creative writing business. So people who've got websites, social media, anything like that, I would take it and go, right, okay, let's change this. Let's improve this. How can we improve it? Because yeah. I found it's that it's that internal battle of there, there, and there. It my my OCD goes into overdrive when I see these three <laughs> words. And it's kind of like, I could improve it. <laughs> I can improve things. You always see something, it really gets you go, no, I'm not happy with that. So I create I launched that and it kind of died a bit because of obviously I launched it through COVID, taking a very leap of faith to see if anything would come out of it. Okay. I have got that element. Um, so the two is obviously Think Creation, Dark Side Podcast, and that's about it, really. You know, those two areas. But like I said, I do put things out there that are up and coming as well. Um, I know on the guest side for the podcast, I'm currently doing one a week because I was doing three. Hard work. Yeah, that's, that's hard work. work. Yeah, and it was more bending. It was really pushing into family time and I was like no I, I can't you know I'm not going to sacrifice family time for that so it kind of wound it down to one which is cool but I've got some really good I know future guests I've got some pretty big names that I've been in discussions with uh, that I hope to bring on um, and see what happens really take it as it comes nice well you, I tell you what you have you've made the best of a, of a, a shitty situation with with COVID mm. and lockdown and absolutely powered through so all power to you mate that's that's impressive collection no, I appreciate that mate put together you know you can be rightly proud of yourself <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll be honest the other part that I want to touch on is you saw anyway the Sierra Hotel yes and that was something that I really wanted to push forward because I found that because we went through obviously that spate and it's still happening with veteran suicides and I know I did a, a Instagram live on it and I couldn't post it maybe because I used the word suicide I don't know but that was something and I always say that it's like, even if you just say to some, send somebody a, a message, send Sierra Hotel, send help. Yeah. That's, you know, because I've, I've done it recently with a friend of mine, a good friend. And I literally, it was, it, it, you're on a text message, play, don't do this, don't do this. And you're kind of trying to coax them or change them, keep their mind active. And it's like, yeah. take them down from that abyss. I've been in that situation recently and it's, it's hard, but, it is. People, even if you, you know, even if people send that message, Sierra Hotel, you know, I really wanted to push it out there because to me, we know what it's like when you're in that dark space, you don't want to talk. But even if it's just to send a message, you know, I need help. I need that help. But on the other part is people need to, and and I'm not going to knock people who do 22 press-ups a day and I'm not going to knock anybody who does. No. But we've gone, we've gone past awareness now. We're, we're aware. 
we're aware of suicide. We know what happens. We've got personal experience of it. I've lost friends like a beginning of this year, lost a good friend of mine, Mick Smith. And I stood on top of basically Penny Fan, which one just before Penny Fan, raising a toast to him. I shouldn't have to do that. You know? I agree. Awareness, the, the, the point of awareness is well and truly passed and we need to stop fucking talking and pissing around and get on and yeah. do something about it. Yeah. And also that's why I push it out. Text your mates. If you <laughs> see somebody, and I've said this bit, the behaviours, you know somebody well enough, you know their patterns of behaviours, you know if they're in a good place, a bad place, you know. Like simply the other day, mate said, oh, I'm a bit stressed out, so I went and worked out straight away. Are you good, brother? Are you good? And it's like, yeah, I'm good, thanks. And it's just those little things we pick up. Yeah. You know, if somebody's in a, in a, and you see a change in their behavior, message them. If we can spend three hours scrolling, we can spend this and this, does it take two minutes just to say to somebody, you're good? Yeah, it's nothing, is it? It's a simple thing to do. Yeah. yeah. And that's what it is. It's all about being situationally aware. But as much as online presence, I do it a lot. I'm in the shadows a lot where I'll see somebody's post and I'll message them and ping them, are you good? Like, well, could be better. Right, let's talk. And it's about being aware. And that's what the good thing about it is. Like I said, I only ever stole things like the Instagram unfollowers purely so I could say, right, your account's gone down. Why's your account gone down? Yeah. Is there a problem? And I actually did it to a friend of mine. I, I seen it and then it took literally, he was actually ex-army, but like I literally messaged one guy and he went, yeah, he's good. He's good. He's been in comms. And I was like, happy days, you know? Yeah, it's it doesn't take a lot. Yeah, so that's it. Somebody. Yeah. But so, that, that's, that, I'll be honest, that's probably one of the main messages, obviously, to wrap things up here. Um, that I'll really want to see more people push out there as the Sierra Hotel or just to send help and get in contact with your mates, speak to them. Yeah. You know, they're your mates. Absolutely, 100%. You know, we're, we're mates for a reason, so look after each other. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't agree more. And such a simple thing, Sierra Hotel. You know, yeah. sim simple shit works. It's the old principle. Yeah. Kiss. Keep it simple, yeah. stupid. <laughs> absolutely i live i live by it absolutely live by it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah life life needs to be simple because there's, there's, there's enough complicated shit out there as it is yeah so hey chris thank you so much for uh for coming on today i've i've loved listening to you today um lots of pearls of wisdom and and life experience there for other people to draw on so and as you said, you know, don't don't try and make it fit. They don't try it on and 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 as it is for you, make it fit for themselves. So, yeah, I have no doubt that people will pick up on stuff that they can they can make use of from this. So thank you very much. No, you're more than welcome, mate. You know, I mean, massive kudos to yourself as well of all the work. And obviously, I wish you the best of luck with obviously more books in the future because obviously, like you know, to see you know get that work because I think that's quite important. Your work has become your legacy. You've put that now in a book that's now become yeah. a physical object that's then going to be passed on to other people and knowledge. So that's your legacy. Even if people, and I always said this, even if you change one person's life yeah. for that better experience and positive, then I always said it, it's my job done. I would have finished a long time ago, but it's those messages you'll get, you know, and I do, and, and I can see the, the, and it's like I always said, 
on about social media. It's not your followers, it's not your likes, it's not your shares, they're all important, yes. But what's more important is the positive impact that you have on someone. Yeah, you help one person, they'll go on and help other people. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah, roger that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, mate, thank you so much. It's been a, an absolute pleasure. And uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we will speak again soon. Definitely, definitely. Okay, and you watch what you're doing, mate. You too. Cheers, buddy. Take it easy. Cheers now. You too. Bye.